Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another Sailing Doodles podcast. Just going to get something out of the way here first. Uh, kind of rearranging my setup here so the audio quality has a little bit of reverb to certain parts of the video. And I'm aware of that. I'll fix it for next time. I apologize in advance, but I think uh, you'll be interested in some of the information we're talking about here. So thanks for tuning in. All right, welcome to another Sailing Doodles podcast. Been a while. Cheers to you. Woohoo! We've got Steph here with me today. Hey, y'all. Uh, we are currently in the Bahamas. We just rode out that tropical storm uh, that was uh, uh, yeah, a little strong. Just I make... know. I, c- I keep taking a sip of this, and I'm like, I made it myself, and it's very oh, strong. Pull that off. Um, so, uh, yeah, we were riding out uh, this tropical storm. I don't think they even named it. Uh, they named it Alex is what they... It, no, I don't think so. I think it was going to be named Alex if it, if it made it. Maybe it has become a name storm. I don't know. Well, uh, didn't it mostly hit Miami? Yeah. And just like after outside parts of it hit us. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Well. Uh, so it wasn't too bad. Let me move myself over a little bit there. Um, so, yeah, it, it wasn't too bad. I mean, like, I don't know. We, the wind meter doesn't work on this boat. So, I mean, maybe 40 knots of wind. It yeah. wasn't bad. It was a lot of rain. Yeah. Like a lot. A I lot mean, our it was just, it was wet. <laughs> So speaking of a lot of wind, uh, we were just in Greece and for a lot of days we didn't have much wind, but uh, for several days we had a lot of wind. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what we're going to uh, make this podcast about is the whole like cruising in Greece. What was your like first initial, okay, what were your expectations of Greece and what was, how did you find Greece? Um, well, I've always wanted to go to Greece. That was like, you know, I feel like that's on a lot of people's bucket list is to go to Greece. So for me, I was so pumped to go. Um, but I guess my initial, um, react, like, uh, like idea about Greece was, um, just, I don't know, like, I didn't have any idea what the sailing would be like personally. I knew more of like what the culture was going to be like. So I think my expectations for sailing was um, pretty calm, maybe a little rough, but overall it was pretty calm. Like the whole time it was actually just so, I mean, just still water we were sailing on and it was so beautiful. Um, I did expect it to be a lot warmer. Yeah. And when we got there, I mean, we knew about the weather, so getting there we knew it was going to be a little chilly but i mean i did not pack correctly yeah yeah well i think it's the the weather well we were there in like the last week of april first week of may which is early in the sailing season Mm -hmm. really the 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 the, the peak sailing system in the in the med is from like middle of june through september um so you know i mean we were there a bit early maybe you noticed like all the restaurants and beaches were like empty we had them all ourselves i know it was nice but um you could definitely tell it wasn't sailing season yet just well it was the start of it because everyone you know was still wearing jackets and it wasn't necessarily like beach weather um you know a lot of some people were on the beach but it wasn't packed which like you said it is nice it was kind of to ourselves well, yeah we, we got to we got to go to a lot of these places that would have been just packed hard to find slips or mm-hmm. uh, moorings and all that yeah but I, I think most people just like when i first went to greece or even when i first went to the mediterranean three or four years ago and we started in corsica which is one of the french islands and we went over to some of the italian islands and all that mm-hmm I was thinking, okay, you know, I mean, it's gonna be really expensive because, you know, you're in the Mediterranean, and you just when you think you're up, you think it's more expensive. Oh yeah, for sure. And so when I when we got there and like Corsica and all that, I was amazed by how cheap it was. And then oh yeah, after after we did Corsica and Italy, we went over to Greece, 
and it was just so cheap. And so I, I was really expecting it to be pretty cheap, and it was it definitely was inexpensive i'll tell you that i actually that's another thing i did expect it to be pretty expensive just because your idea of like europe is you know just a little pricey to yeah. obviously depends on where you go like for example we went to mykonos for two days and i mean the price difference of what we paid for dinner for six people versus when we went to kia or um naxos or like that that dinner price difference was right. I mean, well, we five went, times more. We went, yeah, exactly. It was because, like, we averaged our average meal. So we had four of us for some of the time, but mo- most of the time we had six people. Um, and so our average meal out was 120 euros um, total. Like that includes tip and everything. What right? six people? Yeah, six people. So like you're talking twenty dollars a person, um, and that was for appetizer, main course, dessert, and yeah. basically all the wine we could drink. Yeah. Uh, and because it's like well, a bottle of wine there, like literally is five euros like or, yeah. or less. Like you get a carafe of wine. It's just house wine. There's nothing remarkable about it. It's, it's not so good, though. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it, it's definitely not a higher end wine. It does the job. But it does the job. Right. And and it's like three or four dollars for that carafe of wine. Yeah. And so, you know, and then the food and all that. But we, yeah, like you said, when we went to Mykonos. Yeah, I mean, it was it went from twenty dollars a person to a hundred dollars a person. I know because that one meal in Mikos was like six hundred dollars, six hundred euros. Yeah, basically a hundred dollars a person, which was crazy. So you know, if you go to the very famous, well-known places in Greece, such as Athens and Mykonos and Santorini, um, definitely you're going to see a price difference in when you go to those smaller, not as well-known islands. Um, but it was cool. We got to see all of these islands in the Cyclades island group and some places I never thought of or even heard of. And it was really cool and getting to see all the different types of, uh, like, um, infrastructure, like buildings and like different types of, I mean, all the food was very similar, I well, will say. Yeah, yeah, that it was really good. It was good though. But that was the problem is that like by the end of the two and a half weeks we were there, we we're like, okay, can we get some Italian food or some Mexican <laughs> food or something? I mean, because like Greek food was good, but when you have it every day, all day. Yeah, it's like anything. If you have it anything the same day every day, mm-hmm. same thing every day. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you're gonna get eventually a little tired of it, but. Yeah. I love Greek food, so I was not complaining, yeah. but... Well, I don't know. I think I remember you complaining a little bit. No. I just... I wanted to change a meal, like, you know, mm-hmm. to try something different, mm-hmm. but I will say um, it was overall just such an amazing trip. Um, I really am happy that we got to... It was cool. I definitely recommend anyone who goes to Greece, definitely, you know, charter a boat, um, do something where you can be able to kind of not stay in one place because there's so much to offer on each island and it's so much beautiful scenery and culture and there's so many nice people in Greece and I feel um you know of course Mykonos is beautiful and Athens is really cool but you want to like go out of that a little bit and if you're kind of a little adventurer just like me um definitely try and like go and see all the islands you can yeah, I, I'd say, I mean, doing it by sailboat is obviously the easiest way to do it. I mean, but if you aren't into sailing or you don't have, because that is the difference uh, going to the Mediterranean and all that, is you have to be, like, if you want to charter a boat down here in the Bahamas, um, you don't actually have to have any certification. You will have to fill out a sailing resume, and they will want some experience before they'll just hand the boat over to you. Oh, yeah, of course. But uh, in Europe, they require you to have some kind of certification. So that could be ASA, RYT, IYT, RYA, anything like that. And they want a bareboat skipper 
and generally that takes probably i don't know so like the iyt uh, course with group island spirit so if you're going to go want to go to thailand uh and uh, learn to sail there i highly recommend it um they uh uh and that's actually the sailing doodles sailing schools if you go to sailingdoodles.com, we've got our own sailing school on there and it's uh there is no certification with it but um and we're doing a father's day special right now so you put in code father's day and check out you get 20 30 uh, percent off so that's six hours of video instruction so you get an idea of what it's going to be like when you actually go through there but so the iyt course is based over 10 days and so i imagine any rya or um, asa would be similarly paced so you're probably looking at like three three or four weekends to get your bare boat skipper certification something like that well if you're definitely someone that sees yourself doing that get a certification do your sailing school even if you're doing both it would be really great because it's kind of like a studying yeah. guide well, and, and i will say this so that course that i was just talking about that was from zero to hero so that's taking someone that's never been on a boat before and taking them to where they can bare boat captain their own yeah, boat. so if you want to do that but you were like me that's never really been on a boat before right. go do the do your course first and then go get your certification sure. but what i'm saying is, is that like if you do have some experience or you've owned a boat and all that you can probably skip through a lot of those other courses yeah. like if you wanted to so it wouldn't take 10 days maybe just a, a long refresher weekend it's good yeah. to have a refresher yeah i get it so you do have to do that but you know another thing there are places in europe that can be pretty expensive for like marinas and stuff like that but uh, Greece is not one of those places. I mean, we med more probably three quarters of the time, something yep. like that. And I think maybe half of those times we didn't even pay anything for it. And if we did pay, it was like either it was eight to twenty euro. Yeah, max. Eight to twenty euro, like, depending if we got uh, power or not. Yeah. So, and I mean, it's don't be discouraged. Med mooring is not that hard. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. It wasn't that hard. It I, wasn't I, that hard. I will say it's kind of easier than how we kind of what dock here yeah yeah because I, I, it essentially is kind of yeah yeah well because you do when you're back when you're med more and you drop your anchor out and then you're backing up to the slip so that really keeps your bow kind of pointed straight mm -hmm. so a lot of times when you're backing into a slip here or something you're like, like that, doing this the wind this. will push your bow over yeah. as you're backing in so if you have your anchor down you're going that your bow is going to stay straight right mm -hmm. so you can actually steer back into the boat into the dock um but i will say like um uh, so there's two ways of mooring over there. They have met, but both both are really med mooring. Um, but so you either drop your anchor and back into the slip, or you back into the slip, throw your lines on, and then you motor forward off your lines, and somebody hands you a, uh, a, a, a it's called a sand line or a lazy line, and so there's a, a thin gauge line tied to the dock, and then that line goes down to the bottom and ties to a thicker line that's tied to a concrete bot block off your bow so you have to you know y'all did that a time or two kind of like a mooring line yeah but i mean it's just a lot more pain in the butt i mean yeah. it's, it's a lot more secure because you're not going to drag an anchor and, yeah. and slip back it into depends the on the, what where you are and what yeah. situation you're in yeah for so, sure so yeah but and so that's that that uh oh i gotta adjust this a little bit sorry uh well okay no there we go anyway um sorry i have to, i'm kind of i oh, uh oh Okay, there we go. I I, uh, I mix this on the fly, <laughs> so I've got this little keypad right here. I don't know if you guys can see that. Well, I mean, I don't have like a producer over here doing all this stuff. It'd be nice if I did. Yeah, you do. Who? Bucky. Oh well, where is he? He's out there. He's out there. He's sunbathing. Yeah, 
He does like to sunbathe a lot. He's being a being a black dog. I would think he'd want to be in the shade a lot. No, he loves the sun. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we did have uh, someone come and, and stay with Bucky. My mom came for a while, and then uh, we had uh, Jenny, who's been on the channel before. She came and, and stayed and mm. watched Bucky for a while. Yeah. But so yeah, I mean, cruising Greece and the water. I mean, the water is just as pretty as anywhere in the in the Caribbean. Oh yeah, I d I'm so sad that it was just really cold. That's the thing. It's like. I didn't, again, I knew the weather was going to be chilly, but I didn't expect it to be that cold. But again, you you have to remember you're on the water. So when you're on the water, a lot a lot of times, like, we would go on land, and I'd be I'd bring, like, two jackets, and i get on land, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm sweating. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you got on the boat, you're like, oh, it's kind of cold. So it was this weird temperature, like, change, and just trying to, like, find the right, happy medium like i wanted to go in the water so bad but well yeah but i mean I, i'm a cold water weenie like the yeah. water water temperature was like 67 yeah. degrees which is a bit cold for me i mean it's cold um, plus you know it's not like it's really hot out and the water's cold i could totally do that but it was a little windy it definitely wasn't you know shorts and t-shirt weather so it was really hard to like um want to jump in the water you know yeah I but mean, it was beautiful the water megan floor did it some but crazy uh, yeah. but if you felt their skin oh after they were freezing oh my gosh they were like ice cubes well, but by by the mid my by mid june into june the water temperature is probably around 75 yeah. 78 and then it's you get doable. into july the water temperature is like 78 80 so yeah. it's nice um yeah. and then you know so right now would be the great time to go but yeah. you know I, I think the the prices are a little more expensive uh, definitely probably go up during the peak of um the summer there but again like i said if you take you know if you <laughs> charter a boat or you have a boat there whatever and you want to go around you know the islands or what's that other island group Oh, more, more west? Yeah, it's just off the west of uh, of uh, Athens. I'd have to look it up. I don't. I don't. Well, okay. there's also an island chain over there, and there's so many islands to go to that have so much to offer. So doing that is a really cool experience. Yeah, I mean that was the thing um, in the Cyclades there. Cyclades. Sorry, people have been correcting me. I think it's Cyclades or Cyclades, something. Sorry. Yeah. Oh no. I'm sorry. I don't mean to butcher it. Yeah. But uh, it. it they were saying that those are the windier islands, and we definitely saw proof <laughs> of that. Uh, a lot of you were calling me out for being scared, and they're like, someone said, don't go downstairs if the boat capsizes. That's the one place you don't want to be. And I'm like, you know what? It's just, it was like blowing, what, 45 knots of wind? Yeah, it was pushing 48. hard, and plus, you know, just... The swell was super high, and I was I was a little scared. Not gonna lie, I know I know on a on a boat, regardless, you may heel over on any boat. Um, I get that. I just I just don't like that feeling. Yeah. I don't know, but I try I try to be strong. You were good. You did good. I mean, it was it. it, it we were never in any danger. There. I I know. It's just it's that you know it's like. When you go on a roller coaster and it's the drop down and you're like, I know I'm not going to die, but the feeling like your stomach drops, like that's how it feels when I'm on a boat and it heals over because you're just like, I don't want to fall. And you know, you're not going to fall. The boat's not going to capsize. You're going to be fine. But yeah. it's always that like your body's telling you something, even though you're like, I'm okay. Yeah. Well, it, it's a, uh, we were, I mean, so that was saying when we left the dock, it was blowing. Well, when we were on the dock, it was 20 to 25 knots of wind and occasionally gusting what? I was drinking my drink and I made a farting sound with my nose, my, my mouth. So, so if it sounds like that, I didn't fart. It's the drink. 
think. Yeah. Anything else there? No, go ahead. Okay, I'll let you. So she was not farting. Just, yeah. Go, <laughs> you were saying? Well, the winds were blowing uh, 25 knots uh, at the dock. And then when, um, you know, it would, it would occasionally gust over 30 at the dock. And so I was expecting it to be a little bit more. I was thinking, okay, maybe it's 30 knots gusting 35. Yeah. But when we got off the dock, it was 35 knots gusting <sighs> to 48. And it was definitely, I mean, we were healed over. So when we left the, the marina there, we had about four miles to go to clear this rock before we could turn basically straight downwind. I know. And so we were going basically beam on to the wind and the wind's blowing 45 knots. We didn't have any sail out and we were healed over 15 degrees. And so like that's, that's, that's why I was nervous. Cause yeah. I'm like, we have no sail out, you know, it is blowing hard mm -hmm. like and just ter just terrifying honestly yeah. but um was a cool experience i wouldn't trade it for the world it was fun um it was and then so but then we finally turned around that rock and we were going straight down when it was still blowing 38 40 knots and we had maybe a third or a half of our head sail out and we were doing eight to nine knots no we imagine you had full sails out oh you couldn't have flow no you couldn't have full sails out. It would it would basically rip the. I, think I should have put a. It's getting a little over over bright there, but oh well. What can we do? Uh, I guess I could probably edit it. Eh, sorry guys, the video quality is not the greatest here. It, it um, but yeah. So that but then you know the further we got away from Mykonos, uh, the wind dropped off. Yeah. By the time we got down down around the bottom edge of good. Noxos or no, Paros. Paros or Noxos, one of the two. It was Noxos. I think it was Noxos, yeah. It Paros was like, was it was in, in Noxos between Paros and Noxos. It was that island more, oh, yeah. God so, is coming. Yeah, the, wow. <laughs> okay, so that's the problem with not doing this in a studio is that the sun decides to make an appearance and now all of a sudden all the lighting is way overblown. So I apologize if, um, you know, you're watching this and it, what can we do? The sun just came out. Wait, that was I don't have a proper studio. Is it like too bright? It's way too bright. But now the sun's going back down. So, oh. yeah, yeah, see, it's, it's getting a little better. But that I will say that's one of the challenges of uh, producing YouTube um, is especially like most YouTubers, they have a proper studio. Well, yeah, it depends on what you're doing. Like someone who travels like you or any other YouTube, depending on what travel they do, like your studio is your camera your gear right. and your computer. So like you don't have a pop-up foldable house you can bring with you that has this light like you. I mean, like you're seeing our, 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 our you know, sink and all our dirty dishes over there, you know? I mean, it, it uh, there's not much- We're we clean, do. I promise. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's just, you know, okay, everybody when they start out doing YouTube, Sure, they are just you know editing in their dining room table or whatever. But this is our dining room table, and actually, it's no longer my our dining room table. This no, is I was my, gonna say this. We don't eat here yeah. ever. Well, I've this, never ate here before. Right. Well, in I mean, all I, my time being on this boat, I'll eat here just because I'm sitting here working while eating. Yeah. So this is Bobby's studio. Yeah. So okay, the girls are back. So I'm let them know we are recording a podcast. Hey guys, we are recording a podcast. By hey, the way, y'all. Y'all, y'all can come in. Just. Y'all you know. can come in. I, don't, I keep saying y'all. I've been in Texas for oh, too long. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the girls are back. I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, you, you can come in. Just, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is a challenge. I mean, like, when you're first starting out. Are you kidding me? Where'd she go? <laughs> we were opening a coconut and she 
Oh no, is she bad? Is she okay? Like a lot of blood or some blood? Some. Okay. Okay. Well, not, let me know if you need me. Okay. It's not, she's, not she's not gonna require stitches or anything. No. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, let us know. A lot Heart of, attacks. A, a lot of blood is not the same thing as like I need a band aid. Blood is blood, man. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, yeah. hopefully she doesn't need stitches. Yeah, no, she's fine. She's holding her. Yeah, she's okay. Oh. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So uh, another thing, not having a studio, is that we're doing this in the in the, in the gallery. <laughs> in the. And so I mean, like it's we can't have like a private space to do it. But I mean, because everybody, like I said, everybody does start off doing YouTube in their you know bedroom or dining room or whatever kitchen. They're do editing on the couch. And once, once you get to a certain level, just to, it makes it easier, number one. And then number two, you get the better professionalism. I mean, like, I would love to have some proper studio cameras in here and microphones in here, but like, I, where would I put them? And then I'm have to, I mean, like, we're doing this with web, webcams just because, I mean, we can, right? Because these are small and portable and we can put them up. And, but I mean, like, if I have a whole proper studio with that camera behind you and have like three of those cameras and everything, that would well, be- Well, so I was saying before, like, you know, if you're one, in one stable place, like you yeah. can set up a studio where you control can control the lighting. Mm. We're here on a boat, like we don't know what the weather's gonna be like. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, so it is what it is. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I and this, it's a pretty nice job to have, even though I, yeah. I do wish I had a studio sometimes. Yeah. That's what you're complaining about, man. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> so got- hey, the new boat is gonna have a a, a, a dedicated office in it. Mm. So I'm not sure how that will. Uh, you know, be with podcasting. Um, I think you'll figure it out. Yeah. I think you will. I think you'll, you know, at your office, maybe there'll be enough space where you can set it up that you can control the lighting. You know, like, for example, it will be kind of down the yeah. stairs, so you can maybe do something with the windows. Sure, I can just put blackouts on the windows and have, yeah. I mean, we do have, so I, I do have lights in here, but we turned them on. It was just, we were already too blown out from all that. I was just so beautiful so that you had like to turn off glowing. the yeah, glowing. Angelic. Yeah. Okay. Um, Angel. she's, yeah, she's, uh-huh. yeah, she's very, uh, modest too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's called sarcasm. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I, so what else about Greece there? Um, oh man. I mean, there's just so much, like it feels so crazy because we had this kind of kind of had this plan last minute but like we were preparing for this so having like it ready it's already over and we're back it's kind of crazy how how time flies so fast right so or by the way me open another one because um so yeah this was last minute so basically navigar yachting they're a charter um management and a charter company plus then a a yacht ownership company so kind of the way it works with them is if you wanted to buy a yacht you put 20 percent down um so say just for mass sake it's a five hundred thousand dollar boat so you put hundred thousand dollars down and then they have several different programs where you know you earn money off of that you know if they have their i think their uh ultimate program or something whatever they call it is you put 50 percent down and you put it in their program for like six or seven years and at the end, and it pays for itself. So at the end of that time, all you did was pay for half the boat and then you get the boat back. Um, and, or you can do 20% down and then, um, you know, you get guaranteed income 
depending on you know, what it is, like 9% or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, so it, pay, it hopefully pays the note on the boat and you get to use it six or seven months here. So there's that. Or you can just charter it. And so if you are interested, um, if you use code DOODLE at checkout, you get $300 off your charter. Um, so that's at uh, navigar-yachting.com. Um, but anyway, so they... We did a, uh, a a charter, not a charter. They they gave us a um, a catamaran and the BVI for six days. Yeah. And yeah, and so we cruised around there and made some videos with them. And I guess it worked really well. So all of a sudden, I guess they wanted to promote their Greek base, and they said, you know, when can you get there? And we're like, I don't know where we were at the time. We were we in St. Martin, I believe. No, we in Antigua. We were in Antigua because yeah. I remember we were still at the marina. And you were like, oh, I had a phone call with Navigar. And he was just so subtle about it. And I'm like, he's <laughs> like, yeah, we, like, we're just going to go to Greece. And I'm like, yeah. Greece. And out. I was like, we're going to Greece. And we're all freaking out. And so we had only like wh how many months? Like two months before we left? Well, so that was like you know, mid-November. Mid and they wanted us. Oh, really? Us, yeah. And they wanted us... Um, to go the last no. week of February, or uh, April. Yeah, it was. But the girls didn't, when did the girls get on the boat? They got on the boat like January 1st. Um, remember, I, I'm, cause I'm, I was editing that video today and I remember specifically we were, we made it. But the to, girls were we made here it on Saint, the boat. We made it to St. Martin on Valentine's day. And we already knew by then. You said February. Yes. You said November. Oh, whatever, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like. So no, we were in. Whatever. But yeah, so we only had like two months to get here to the Bahamas. So we, that really kind of like didn't mess up our plans. No. It it changed our schedule. Yeah, we just so accelerated we had, everything. A lot. So we kind of had to like get moving. Yeah. With certain things like you know people, how many weeks or months do people usually spend in the Exumas? Well, I mean, we wanted to spend like a month and a half in the Exumas, right? And then we wanted to spend you know, uh, a month in Dominican and Puerto Rico and all that stuff. Um, but then, then kind of just because we had to get to Marsh Harbor where Navigar has one of their bases. Yeah, that's where we left our boat here at that yeah, base. Yeah, so we couldn't, you know, do the month kind of everywhere. We had only a certain amount of days yeah, or the, weeks until we had to. But then we didn't even, we, we didn't even leave um, St. Martin until after the Heineken Regatta, which would have been around like March 8th or something like mm -hmm. that. It was like the first weekend of March. So we didn't, yeah, we didn't even leave St. Martin until like March 10th or 11th. Mm -hmm. And then we made it here to the Bahamas uh, April like 20th, mm -hmm. something like that. So we, we, we did 50 days to go from uh, St. Martin all the way here. Yeah. So we did several long passages. We did, we but St. Martin to Dominican non, well, not really. We stopped overnight once. We did. We stopped for a couple hours in Puerto Rico. Um, or we just anchored. We, like, we just, well, we didn't yeah. go into Puerto Rico. We yeah. just kind of anchored out just to get some rest because we all were, I was like a 30 hour passage nonstop. I think it was. Well, we stopped, but total it was like 30 hours. Oh, it was like 40 because it was like 30 hours 40. to where we stopped in Puerto Rico. And then yeah. it was another 10 hours from where we stopped in Puerto Rico yeah. to Dominican. It was a long, kind of a long trip. Yeah. So between that and then we went from Dominican to Bahamas. Yeah. That was, what, 30 hours? Yeah. Well, we, we, we did from Punta Cana, the south end of uh, of. Uh, um, Dominican, Dominican, and then we went to Samana, and then from Samana, I think we went straight there. Yeah, right? we didn't go we didn't to Puerto Plata. To Puerto Plata. Yeah, we skipped that. 
And when, so, yeah, so it was 38 hours or so from almost like Seminole 40 hours all the way to Inagua. Mm-hmm. And then got waited there for a while. And luckily, we had enough fuel to get to, uh, um, where was that? The Ackland Islands, um, the Crooked Island there, because they were out of fuel. And, and uh, are you here? Margarita is still pretty strong. No, it's just like a little sour now and strong. That's okay. good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, went, I didn't measure. But we, so we made it here to the Bahamas. Uh, it took a while, but no big deal. But so now we're, we've been stuck here for a while. I've had family issues. So I had to take, I had to go home and, and Goose had put, put him down. You went with me for that. Yeah. And then uh, my grandma passed away a couple weeks ago. So we had to go home for that. And then yeah. now we're stuck here waiting on a boat part. I know. Um, so, so we're only going to cruise around the Abacos for a week or so. I know it's not really a long time, yeah, but we have been traveling a lot, so it you know will be nice to take a little break and then on to our next adventure. So I'd love to go back to and do some more sailing in the Mediterranean, but uh, you know, we got Turkey going on. is somewhere. I yeah. everyone keeps saying sailing would be amazing. Yeah. Well, Navigar has a base in Turkey. I actually reached out to him about it. I was like, you know, hey, why don't we uh, head up to Turkey? Oh, is that because that thing maybe it's moving? I don't know why, but. Uh, but yeah, I reached out to him. I'll see if we can make something happen there. Yeah. Well, Navgar, if you're watching, let's make let's make Turkey yep. a thing. So we are selling the dark side. So if you're interested in buying this boat, uh, you can go to sailingdoodles.com. <laughs> it's uh, I yeah, love this boat. It's a great boat, but uh, you know, I want to do a circumnavigation, and this boat can't do that. So yeah. I need to go back oh, to a sailboat. No, for sure it can't. So we've been, I put a deposit down on a catamaran. Uh, we won't be getting that till next year, so that's why we might partner with some charter companies or Navigar again over the next six months or six or eight months. Because if we sell this boat in the next month, then um, you know we're boatless. Yeah, boatless. I have been talking to this guy that has a uh, Lagoon 570. It's an old one though; it's 20 years old. Uh, but he was talking about maybe leasing it to me, but I was like, I just don't know if that would work. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, just because one thing about being with Bobby is that things always come up tomorrow. Someone will be like, I have a boat in Italy. Would you like to sail it? Or random things pop up and plans always change. And well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm definitely a long range planner, but like I keep my, you options have an open. idea rather yeah. than like a plan. Well, no, I'm planning out what I'm doing for the next six months. Like, you don't know, like I've already got it planned out for six months, what we're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we got stuff to do. I mean, I could go down the list, but I'm not going to talk about it too much here. But like, if a great opportunity comes up, I know, like the whole Greece thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's hard to say no, right? Yeah. I mean, so uh, I have plans, but they're not set in stone. So I don't know. We'll see what happens and where we're going and all that. But you know, it's always something, right? I always something. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So um, I guess that's kind of what's going on for the next little bit. Uh, we're going to be crossing over to. Florida here in the next couple weeks uh, and selling this boat. So if you are interested and go to sailingdoodles.com um, and there's all the listing information there. It's on Yacht World too. And if you for want to look an extra, up. if you throw an extra, I'm part of the boat. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's like an indecent proposal type thing. I mean, like how much are we talking here? Do I get a, do I get a share of this? No. Oh, it's just you? I'm, I'm like an additional cost, but oh. It's not necessary. Women always are an additional cost. Hey. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> uh, you ever heard the theory of the three Fs? I have. Well, what is it? I've heard of this. I think Jan said this. Yeah. If it floats, flies, or fornicates, it's cheaper to rent it. God. 
Oh, I have a joke for you. Oh, great. Okay. Is this your uh, yeah. carpenter joke? You already, no. told to, you already told it to me. I did. I forgot. Yeah. I'll tell it to you guys. How did a carpenter, a carpenter know the wood was cut? He saw it. <laughs> he saw it. <laughs> he saw it. Come on. You got to add like some laughing, like back, oh, background, like people laughing, like an audience. Like Seinfeld? Yeah. No. no. Yeah, no, no, no. To, to that. Yeah. So, yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. To sawing it. <laughs> um, so there's that. So then we're gonna be crossing over to uh, Florida. That would be uh, mid June, and we're doing um, a. Uh, it's for charity. It's a. Um, oh yeah. Seminar about the cruising life. So I've I've done it a couple times at the Annapolis Boat Show last year. It's a hour and a half long presentation. It's actually an hour long presentation I have about the cruising life and and what all that what all pertains to that you know yeah, like lifestyle uh, what lifestyle you need costs cruising area safety all that stuff yeah it's and, really important and uh so we're giving that seminar uh for charity um we're charging 35 dollars for the tickets there's only 50 tickets available i think they're maybe a third sold out so uh, like they like 15 or 20 sold so uh, if you're interested i'll put a link down in, in the description of this video um or huh if you're just listening to this I don't know what the uh, link is, but you can uh, go to our website and hit our contact there, and, and I'll have somebody uh, send you the link. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's for charity. Uh, the, all the all of the proceeds or all of the money, and none I'm, none of it's coming to me. Uh, it goes to the um, uh, Gildas House, uh, Gildas Club uh, charity, which is a cancer support group. So if people with cancer, uh, you know, they need to go. For their treatments and stuff like that, they can do childcare, and then mm -hmm. they do like a you know uh, counseling and stuff like that for. Which them. is really important. Yeah. Going through something really tough like that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, especially if you got a family and all that, trying to go through all that. So. Yeah. So yeah, doing that in June, and then oh, we do have the. I think it's probably sold out mostly. Um, so we have the flotilla July 16th through the 21st. So we got six nights on a boat here in the, the Abacos. I think we have seven or eight boats mm -hmm. chartered through Navigar. That's going to be so much fun. I can't wait to meet you guys. Yeah. That'll be so much fun. And Oh, yeah. We needed to do um, – we'll have to do uh, – we'll do it on a live stream. I meant to do that. We'll have to do a live stream and because uh, we're going to invite one of our patrons to uh, join us on that. Yeah. So if you are interested in becoming a patron, patreon.com slash sailing doodles. Um, it kind of um, helps us uh, pay the bills here because one video I've been meaning to make for a while was the whole Facebook demonetization. Yeah. So what happened is is I, uh, years ago, made a video about Pablo Escobar's crashed airplane. It supposedly. I don't know if it was or not, but it supposedly was. That's the story it goes mm -hmm. that... Uh, you know, the cartel had a um, uh, had an airstrip in the Bahamas on Norman's Island, and one of their airplanes crashed on takeoff, and it's it's still out in the water. We snorkeled through it, and it's pretty cool to check out. Anyway, so I was taking older videos and putting them on Facebook and monetizing them on there, and um, uh, Facebook uh, took the video down and said it was promoting. Um, dangerous uh, um, people or organizations and they not only took that video down but they demonetized my entire platform on Facebook and it's just been yeah, um, uh, yeah I, I, 
I mean, that, that, that's about a, you know, maybe a quarter of my income is just gone. And, uh, the really messed up thing about it is that, you know, I appealed it. I never, never heard anything back. Right. For, uh, just whatever. So Megan who's sailing with us now has some friends that work at Facebook and management or whatever contacted them and they said, okay, we'll look into it. They looked into it and said, yeah, that shouldn't have happened. They reinstated that video, but my channel still demonetized. And it's, is it still? Yes. I just hate that you can't talk to anyone about it. I can't talk it. to anyone about it. Like you're talking to a robot. You're not talking to a human. Right, right. Which and I think is crazy because people like you and other people in the world make money off of being someone who... I make them money. So, so that's the thing is that they're still showing my videos on Facebook... But you don't get any. I'm getting 500,000 views a week on Facebook. I'm getting nothing from that. And the thing is, is that, okay, YouTube is not, or sorry, Facebook. YouTube has its own thing. I, I, I've always, I've had issues with YouTube in the past, but they have a three strike policy. So, you know, three strikes and you're out. Plus they make it easier to connect like i as a creator i can i can get online right now and text and chat with somebody plus i have an associate that i have her email and we we facetime yeah. at least once a month yeah. so like i can get that stuff done on facebook not happening um so uh, the thing is they're still showing my videos they're not monetizing directly my videos but the whole thing about these social media platforms is they want people to come onto their platform and stay on their platform. That's how they really show all their ad people that, hey, look, we got somebody spent 30 minutes watching our videos the other day. So, you know, we can sell your ads for this. Mm -hmm. So they're not directly monetizing my videos, but they're monetizing each video on each side. Mm -hmm. So they're making money off of my videos. And it's really unfair that I'm not. And here is this really scary thing is that um, by what they're doing, they are uh, influencing the narrative of what people put out. Right. So I'm going to be very careful from now on, not to mention any dangerous organizations or places. Well, I think Pablo Escobar is like, for example, that's history. There's yeah. so many documentaries and TV shows made on about him. Like I watched, for example, Narcos, like that's a TV show on Netflix. And like, I don't think you were doing any harm by just mentioning like the historical, thing that happened which is like people know the plane crash like well, exactly but so by reinstating the video they show okay that was an error our computer did this an error mm -hmm. thinking you were promoting the medellin cartel right mm -hmm. i was not but they still demonetized my platform so here's the thing is that people that earn their living from social media uh, then, I mean, you have to be careful on what you post. Like you can't post something too political or too dangerous or whatever, because then you might not make any money or de get demonetized. And that's what you, how you earn your living. And so they can influence, uh, people's basically thoughts and reactions by doing that. You know, I could see if you were saying something, you know, for example, if you were saying something dangerous, not having to do with Pablo Escobar, but like just in general, like for anyone, if you are saying something extremely dangerous or threatening to someone's life, like, sure. of course, of course, okay, threatening to someone's life. Absolutely. But who, who decides what is a dangerous thought or a dangerous, you know, uh, what you're saying? I mean, like, okay, maybe one person on one side of the platform thinks it's dangerous that you should speak out about something 
whereas the other people agree with it. So, I mean, I'm not going to get into politics on it. Like, I don't want to mention sides or yeah, whatever. We're talking about Greece right now. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But obviously, I, um, oh man, this thing froze up again. Anyway, so that's the issue I'm having with uh, Facebook right now. So we had some other more technical difficulties here. This, this was a problem with not having a proper studio here. Well, overall, with Greece, I definitely think um, there's so many places in Europe I want to go. But, like, Greece, the fact that I, you know, when you cross something off your bucket list and you're like, yes. Now I don't have to, not that you don't have to worry about it, but it's like, cool, I live knowing I was there. And that was definitely, Greece was definitely one of them. That was really cool for me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Greece is, uh, it's a pretty great place to go to go cruising. Uh, it's beautiful. The water's great. I think the, the water clarity in the Mediterranean was pretty amazing. Oh, it was just, if it wasn't so cold, I yeah. would have swam in it every day. And, and another thing is that there's basically no tides in the Mediterranean. Oh, yeah, you said that. Yeah, because, uh, well, there's only one way in and out for the water to go. And so if you're far enough east i mean there's basically there's there's no there's no mm -hmm. tides so i will say this that if you are sailing in the med that do keep in mind that your boat is going to get dirty because of the sandstorms yeah. and the dust that comes from where does it come from the sahara yeah the saharan dust it gets you know kicked up there and then you know, it goes over and it's just this red dust that goes like we were opening the head sail and we we're like why is it so dirty yeah. we're, at first we we're like no offense this is gonna yeah. kind of crazy that like they kept this thing so dirty and then i remember jan our friend that came with us was like it's from the desert yeah. and we're like oh my gosh and then by the end of the two weeks after being on the boat just the amount of sand well, and that, dust that like when it rained that one day it rained yeah that's when it just covered the boat in dust yeah because it's just not you think it clean it, it's the opposite of it like it's coming with the rain yeah so that's another thing. Just keep in mind. So, yeah. All right. Well, guys, hope you uh, enjoyed this uh, podcast today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe. It's available on YouTube and in video format. And, of course, wherever you get your audio podcast, if you want to listen to this stuff in the car, there's probably 20 or 30 episodes up right now. So check that out. Uh, and uh, Like and subscribe. Yeah. It's our patrons <laughs> that make this channel possible. So thank you much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Steph. Uh, uh, cheers to you. Thanks, Bobby. Sure. Thanks, everyone. And tune in next time. Yep. All right. Let's go.